Hey folks, welcome to Biomast. Uh, we appreciate you guys hopping onto the stream with us or listening to us on your RSS feed. So I have a pretty uh, pretty neat crowd in here with us tonight, uh, a lot of different voices. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about uh, Hotfix Echo. You know, it's kind of the uh, the Air Jordan Hotfix, if you will. But there's a lot more things going on than just the Myofib adjustments. Uh, it is also pre-FanFest time. So there's a there's some folks in the channel that's looking to uh, to head out to Iceland here in the next week or two. And we'll probably get a little bit of discussion about that. Uh, as always, a little bit of news uh, about dust, a little bit of news about other things. Uh, probably may pitch out the uh, a couple shout-outs for some other games out there. But we have a pretty fun show for you, I think. Uh, or at least it'll be an exciting one based on the folks that we've got in channel. So without further ado, we're going to start with uh, our intros. This time we're going to shake it up. We're going to go from the bottom of the list to the top. So for everybody in channel, like check it out. So... Without further ado, the Biomass.net Productions proudly brings to you the heavyweight champion, the reigning, the undisputed champion of fail, Sarizel. Yep, I'm a member of CPM1. Um, I'm a co-host here on the show, and uh, I'm going to FanFest this year. All righty, and the next guy on the list the man that slings more spreadsheets than two Jewish accountants at tax time, Pokey Draven. Holy shit. Can you say that? <laughs> he went there. <laughs> he went there. I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations and co-host here on Biomast. And ladies and gentlemen, we have the former shadow governor of Molden Heath and the man that most wishes that he was on CPM1 but will tell you that he doesn't and is secretly campaigning for CPM2, Kane Sparrow. Oh my gosh, geez. Former CPM, uh, leader of the Negative Feedback Alliance, not wanting to run for CPM ever again, Kane Sparrow. How very Clinton of you. And ladies and gentlemen, the court jester of dust, the artist extraordinaire, he of the Twitter account and the man of a thousand alts, Mr. Jadek Menaheim. Jadek here, dust bunny, Twitter guy, and jamming out to Quad City DJs this patch. Oh, that's totally legit, by the way. Um, okay, folks, so next on our list, the one and the only Iron Wolf Saber, the man of all things form, all things, well, I would say tinfoil, but he can't even afford tinfoil. It's more like aluminum foil as I watched my Top Gear episode right before we got onto this. So, Iron Wolf. It's more like paper foil, but nonetheless, Iron Wolf wax Saber. Paper. Totally that's wax paper. That's all you. I can't even afford a wax on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and folks, one of our, uh, I think it's the first time you've been back on the show for a second round, so we've got Breaking Stuff, who is a pseudo-forum troll slash ideas man slash trying to give constructive feedback when it suits him, but only occasionally, and it's really hard to tell when he's not fucking with somebody. Breaking. Well, that's because if you're fucking with somebody and giving constructive feedback at the same time, you're doing it right. I'm the last of the goons on uh, Dust514 right now, sadly, um, and I'm mostly here to talk about AV and my predictions because I haven't had a chance to check out Hotfix Echo yet. Okie dokie. And we've got a return guest who's one of my best bros and the king of bacon and the prince of beer, the ubiquitous Bam Havoc. Hello. Just some random dude. Hey. I love I love how he does that because he's actually like six four and like two twenty five in real life, so very very dainty intro of you on that one, Bam. <laughs> dude, 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 shush. 
<laughs> yeah, I, by the way, yeah, I, I still can't figure out how you fit in that little fucking drift racer car that you have. I don't have a fucking drift racer car yet. It's a Subaru STI, right? It's not <laughs> yeah. a drift racer car. No, I don't do some boy racer shit. Uh-uh. Okay, all right. So, Bieber Havoc is here with us tonight. <laughs> dick. <laughs> yes, the dick suit fits tightly. All right. So, um, let's go ahead and hop right into our CPM updates. We're going to turn this one over to uh, our CPM members. Uh, Zell and Iron Wolf for a little bit of discussion. Uh, and what I've asked them to do, just as a preface, is um, they probably don't have a lot of news, as we know, because they're going into FanFest. But some of the things that they want to bring up to CPM on the behalf of the community, I've asked them to kind of highlight that to us. So, guys, CCP please take it away. to the CPM. Yeah, same um, thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, I'm going to be there, and we're, I, there's not a lot of, um, you know, formal work for us um, there, but... Um, uh, we are going to be meeting um, there with uh, some of our, our our folks that are there on the CCP side of things, and hopefully we can kind of you know reiterate further on the communication um, bit. I know there's a lot that uh, you know they need to be more upfront with and open on to the community. Um, if I get the time, I would love to see if I can like you know um, convince a couple of Eve developers that uh, Dust you know needs love and attention from from iceland as well um but uh we'll see how much of that i can get done all right yeah and that's probably a much appreciated uh sort of secondary objective there talking to some of the eve devs and and as we know we do have a couple we have a couple friends in the in the court up there yeah i mean it's kind of hard on the on the uh official end to get uh you know a lot going uh with uh the iceland devs i think because we're, you know, we have our particular stuff that we're working on. But I'm hoping I can maybe just, uh, you know, win over some hearts and minds or something. Um, I've got, uh, I had, uh, I actually asked Jadik for help with this. Um, is, you know, I know that sometimes there's an impression maybe that we don't have the same, you know, um, dedication of fan base. And uh, so I had uh, Jadik put together for me uh, some of the, the many pieces of artwork that he's come across um, relating to Dust514. Um, so that I can uh, show people just how much you know there there is certainly a, a rich and diverse interest of fans in uh, in our game. Yeah, I think that's actually a, a really good uh, a really good way to uh, to approach that. And one of the things that is probably not a bad idea to to throw out there is the you know something we talked about last week was the uh, the respondents to the uh, uh, e vote match in terms of like their answers for dust and sort and sort of that continued level of interest even from the cpm csm candidates and that's all and you might actually be able to meet maybe a couple of the uh newly minted csm uh members there sure though i don't i if they go the way they did last year they won't announce the new cpm until um the the final day of the of the the no that's true but but you should but you'll know who the candidates are that are there and you'll probably also be able to figure out who's got a legitimate shot and, and probably they're well worth I don't know. Well, I know I can talk to you know. I know I could just assume the goon candidates. So you know. Yeah. Well, yes, but we can also assume the goon candidates are going to tell you to get fucked because that's kind of what where their position on dust is. That's also probably true. Okay. All right. So there's no probably about it. Yeah, it's it's pretty obvious. <laughs> um. So let's see, Iron Wolf. Anything from you, brother? Oh, I'm not going to FanFest this year, but I got I got a bunch of cards I want to start playing after FanFest is all over. Um, starting with CPM um, 2 news. 
for the, for you for you guys. So okay, try cool. to figure out when the election is. Um, there, I have. I mean, speaking with CCP, there is a desire to keep CPM one around a little bit. But thing is, I do not want to see a repeat of CPM zero's term, which was still probably the longest in any council's uh, either council's history. The next card I want to start trying to burn and uh, actually crank up the thumbscrews on is the news on Legion because I am um, the lack of the lack of any word the silence is deafening. It's poisonous and it's getting worse. And the longer this goes unaddressed, the longer it's gonna um, it's gonna cause harm. Yeah, and I think that's that's actually probably a fair statement. And and in all in all honesty, it's probably about time since. You'll effectively be, you know, approximately a year, you know, fan fest to fan fest when the, uh, um, you know, sort of the rug was pulled out from under a lot of people. So uh, perhaps some of the wounds have healed. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. One thing I would ask, and this is like truly as, as a member of the community, um, and it's usually something you have to do in kind of a, you know, I mean, it's a it's a legitimate way. Like if I were ever in the position to buy, uh, you know, JC, IE, CCP Rouge, or Rattadia Beer, I would honestly point to uh, the efforts that CCP Seagull and the team over in uh, Iceland, ha they have clearly in the last probably 18 months, uh, definitely since Seagull took over, they have really changed how they interact with the players in terms of a, a consistent and fairly positive way. Um, and, and I would just offer that there's probably a lot of good reasons why proactive intera interaction with the community is uh, is in, in the long term going to be healthy for Dust or Legion or, you know, you know whatever they're going to call the thing is if they're going to make another game out of this. So, that, again, that's just my, my point. It's, it's not saying somebody's doing it better. It's just there's different ways of doing it. And I fully understand there's probably some uh, a lot of good reasons why people are gun shy. So, okay, any anything else on pre-FanFest news or anything like that, guys? Uh, I'd like to just make one simple statement that's actually not being an asshole about the communication thing. You know, when CCP figures out that, for the most part, people aren't getting mad that they're not giving news. It's when they give the news, it's too late to really give anything constructive on it. That's what's pissing people off for the most part that I've noticed. Well, in this case, I don't think it's about being too late and pissing people off in order in terms of reaction. It has more due to the fact that it's so frustrating to not know the future of Dust 514 because mm -hmm. Legion is looming over it. Um, as, long as, as long as that's silent on it, there's a lot of lack of faith in, um, in, in CCP. I was being company. very general. I wasn't referring specifically to the Legion thing, just as communication in general. Uh, now that the FanFest schedule is out and you guys know what room uh, the Dust panel is going to be in, have you guys been able to secure uh, streaming for said panel? Um, I think I remember Jita Room being one of the bigger ones, but that also may be just one of the, be one of the roundtable rooms as um, it changes up. Yeah, I do. it's as far as I know, it's a it's a small room, and as far as I know, it will not be possible to stream it. Um, Can we record it? Uh, I think I think they're I think I they're letting people do so. that with the Eve roundtables. In fact, I'm pretty I sure hope they are. So. Um, the, it's, this this but, was actually asked. Um, I, gosh, and and honestly, the guy to answer this is probably going to be Falcon, uh, because he he engages on this very specifically, at least from the Eve perspective of some of those roundtables, that they wanted to. The a they didn't have the personnel to stream or cover them all, uh, and then two. 
they, they did want to have some exclusivity for the actual FanFest attendees. But if I'm not mistaken, I, I'm fairly confident that he laid out that it, that it was very much fair game for people to record it or report on it, uh, f- you know, from the community. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would love if they would be, like, you know, cool on things and, and you know, record stuff for us. But um, I am I am planning on bringing my own camcorder, and uh, hopefully that won't be a problem. Um, I would, you know, we'll see what we can get. I would say the most important thing is just to get record, a recording of good audio. So if you have someone who has, like, a just an independent, like, audio recording device, maybe not even necessarily the video... Um, if I, would it, go that I don't route. have anything that just records audio, so it's, you know. Um, Do you have that, an iPhone um, that records audio brilliantly? And video. And video. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't have an iPhone because I don't have Apple garbage. Sorry. Well, Android does just the same, mate. Yes, I know. But I would use a camcorder because the phone is more likely to crash out and die partway through. All the devices. Have everyone <laughs> turn on all the devices. Yeah, maybe they'll all cancel each other, each other out. But but I do I think that is a very legit thing that um, I would honestly recommend the uh, that you guys engage. And again, probably directly to Falcon, uh, and he will answer you because I mean he's responding. Yeah, I'm, to a couple I'm hoping of my we can. Uh, I'm hoping to speak with him uh, in advance of uh, our the the roundtable if I can. You know, and remember, Actually, sometimes asking for forgiveness is better than asking for permission. This is true, um, but I will I will tell you this. I will ping Falcon on Twitter right now, and he's usually really good about responding to tweets. And I'll ask him, he's like, "Hey, is is that fair game to do that?" Uh, and and as long as he doesn't say the word no, I will fully expect to have recordings, eight by ten glossies, and HD footage. That's that's an impressive expectation there. I I hope we can deliver. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. As, as we said before, you shouldn't really expect anything anything groundbreaking um, at, at FanFest um, this year, desk-wise. I mean, I don't know if somebody will, you know, there's always the chance somebody slips up and drops something awesome, but who knows. To be honest, if they drop something awesome, that's their problem, not yours if they're recording it. That is yeah. a true statement. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If, if, if anything gets said on the, you know, at the thing, then it's, it's fair game, so... Um, you know, I, I would love if they just started, like, you know, spewing all sorts of extra information, but who knows. Okay. Remember, we just have to buy them a lot of alcohol. That never works. <laughs> okay, guys. So um, let's kind of transition to Hotfix Echo. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way because I know we're, we're going to talk about it. So what I, just so everybody's tracking, as I said, as we were starting the show, and, and we talked about it prior to the show you know, we didn't want to turn this into the, you know, the Air Jordans episode of Dust. Um, so we will talk about myofibs and the, you know, the, the the perceptions, the realities, and a little bit of the, you know, the drama and the fun that's associated with those. So I'd like to go ahead and knock that one out. Uh, let's let's take care of our discussions about all things myofib related, and then we can transition into the rest of Hotfix Echo. Does that sound good, guys? Yep. I am okay. I am yep. okay with the myofibs as they yeah, are. Yeah, I think we I can think. jump right into the subject. I'm I'm not like. <laughs> I mean, they're like I don't know. Maybe I didn't do it right. It didn't seem like I was that effective at jumping. Um, I had a, a proto assault suit. I think I chose um, because I heard you can kill yourself um, jumping around with a scout suit. Um, and I put like I want to say how many how many did I fit on there? It was three or four of the proto level myofibrils, 
And I don't know, it didn't seem all that effective. There was there was one particularly effective moment where I was jumping back and forth around a corner and it seemed to agitate people heavily. Um, but, you know, it, it, like, it has some utility, I guess. But it, I, I do think it's probably balanced with its loss of your better uses for those module, those slots. There are two things I've noticed about them which are kind of interesting. You can um, start a charge with a weapon and jump like wherever you want to, and it's it's opened up a lot of um, a lot of usability with like the breach forge gun and my nova knives and the ion pistol particularly. So you can yeah. just jump and then come up behind someone and ghost them. I was about to say the 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 thing I've seen with that one was actually the, the forge gun one, and that's you know like even without the myofibs, scouts could pretty much jump over your head anyway, um, and then with them it's it gets it's kind of into the realm of you know Warner Brothers cartoons ridiculousness. But what got me was when I saw a forge gunner jump up in the air and then like get a top shot with a with a forge gun that one it was it was legitimately impressive so i got to give the guy i can't remember who it was i i should have wrote it down but i give the guy props for doing it but but that is that that's that's a pretty that's a pretty dangerous move yeah i mean now mind you i just want to point out that um one potential perk of the ability to do crazy stuff like that like jumping up and firing a forge blast from midair type of thing is that you know those sorts of videos of like battlefield gameplay are really really popular like when when people are doing crazy trick shots in that game that are probably glitchy to begin with um so i mean i'm not sure that's necessarily a bad thing um i know the one thing i think i heard there was someone said something about um that you could drop ship surf up to the enemy mcc and then jump in it and put up yeah yeah i think i was covering that (laughs) I, th- I think that probably needs to be looked at. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of particular to where you can do it. Um, I think it's a domination map where the red yeah. line changes and you could put uplinks into an enemy MCC and well, camp them. It's, well, it's a, it's a bigger problem than that. I was actually playing on that specific map. The The way it works is on the, if you kind of orient yourself by cardinal directions, the MCC that's roughly on the uh, west side of the map is not in the red line. Whereas the MCC on the east side of the map is in the red line, so that's the one where it's you, you, they've adjusted the MCC where you can basically fall down onto the pipes. It's, it's the one where you, it's the domination map where there's that big center spire, and you traditionally used to need a dropship to get to the upper levels, otherwise you were, were kind of hosed. Well, when they moved that MCC <laughs> over, basically two things happened. Now the MCC is totally in the field of play, so you can put your own uplinks on it. Uh, and you can spawn camp people like you can get on the pipes and so, they'll fall right in front of you. And you can that's Fracture Road. How often do you actually see Fracture Road? It's been a long time since I've in seen domination, it. In Domination. It's in heavy rotation in Domination. Okay. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to just queue straight up for Domination then until I find it. Don't yeah. do it alone. Yeah, I will. I don't have friends, remember? So um, No, Pokey. but you do have cronies that hang out with you. Yes. So, Pokey, what are your general thoughts on the uh, the Air Jordans? Um, well, it's a couple things. I have an issue with how they're performing on a conceptual level. I haven't personally tested the, the proto ones because I didn't care to train it to five. But um, I, I f- when I first heard of the, the Myrofib jump bonus, what I was thinking its intended use for was this is going to allow you to clear obstacles you normally couldn't clear like small obstacles like small walls you know uh some of those those pesky boxes that are in the way 
and, and basically effectively work as a means to cover terrain faster because you can effectively parkour over you know reasonably sized objects you normally couldn't get over. And then I know there had been a mention prior of a, a piece of equipment that would be like a, a cloak in, in a way where it'd have a, a duration, a cooldown. And it was an active equipment for, for infantry, which would be used as a jump pack uh, of sorts. And I always assumed that that would be the piece of equipment that would allow you to jump on top of buildings and whatnot. And obviously the, the Myrofibs are currently fulfilling both of those roles at the same time. So, you know, when you've got people jumping up multiple stories passively with their natural jump, I, I kind of have an issue with that because I think it's going beyond what it, at least what I felt it, it, it should have been in the first place, which is more of a, a means to transverse terrain uh, quickly in a horizontal fashion. And then the jump pack would be for, you know, uh, vertical uh, movement where it's it's a short duration. It's, it's a temporary boost, but it, it does launch you very high so you can get up on top of those buildings and whatnot. And I, 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 I like the, the function of, of getting up high. I just don't think you should be doing it 100% of the time with your passive jump is essentially what I'm getting at. Yeah, the like the. I go back to something I think it was on Rotati's big board of things that caught a lot of people's attention as a positive comment, which was, it said, I think something to the effect of people, you know, people should generally be able to jump higher. You know, that was, I think, basically the comment. And, you know, I kind of, I'm certainly not butthurt about the whole, you know, myofibs thing. I'm, I'm like, you know, it's just a thing. I, I will be honest with you. I think it's a bit cartoony. Um and so I personally don't dig it, but I'm certainly not upset about it either. Um, now, one thing I would offer is that I think that, and this is just my opinion, a better way to have approached this would have been basically adding some some uh, like jump height to your to basic suits, like particularly the heavy suits, because even Rattati said, "Hey, you you know now you don't have to have like a three inch curb that can stop your movement." Well, oh, yeah, but, get did you need, but did you need to add a module to that? Why couldn't you have just added like a little bit of jump capacity, you know, in the spreadsheet for the, for the damn suit, um, which I think would have helped out a lot. And, and again, going back to one of the beasts that we all have with dust is it, the movement in game is generally just, it's just not good. Let's, you know, there's no other way to say it. Yeah. So why not? Cause we're never going to have a vaulting mechanic or any of that other stuff. Why not add a little bit of base jump height to people so that you can have a little bit more free flowing movement. And I don't necessarily have a problem with myof myofibs increasing jump capability. I mean, it makes logical sense that you could do that. Um, but there also needs to be a pretty serious stacking penalty. And frankly, it probably needs to negatively affect your stamina. It needs to, you know, like the higher you jump or the bigger your jump, probably the so, more juice you use. And so um, talking to people in game about the situation, first off, I, I love the myofibs. I think the myofibs, I think it adds a huge dynamic to the game and it improves a lot of bad stuff that was bad aspects of the map design where they were trying to corral people in really odd ways. Um, and I think it kind of defeats some, yes, it defeats some of these corralling things. And it also makes all of the high areas of the map, rather than being, you have to have a dropship to go and camp out high spaces, anybody can access it relatively easily. Um, now I do think that some of the issues currently are like panic jumping. So like, you know, you, something happens, you get engaged in combat and then you instantly jump high. And also the, the higher jumps also maybe causing, you know, having, using the same stamina as, as a normal jump. I definitely see that there. I think, uh, and talking to some people, an idea that came up was, um, implementing something to where, 
if you tap X, you do a normal jump. But if you hold X, you can do a larger jump that uses more of your stamina. So in order to actually do a max myofib jump, you'd actually have to hold X, you know, for a duration of time. And then just like a, a think of it as the scrambler rifle, you know, you hold it and, you know, you can fire a larger damage shot that then builds up your heat faster. In that same respect, you do something like that, that actually eats up your stamina more. So maybe if you do a max jump, it takes, you know, amount of time to actually charge up those jumps. And at the same time, you only can maybe do one or two of those in a row. Um, so it also adds an element of skill to using the jump mods because you have to, you know, you have to time the jump, you know, are you going to fully charge it up? Or are you going to do a little jump? Um, that kind of thing. Um, I think also the interesting, someone actually mentioned this too, is that what you could do is if you implemented that mechanic, you could actually make it to where that works for all jumping. So, we're talking about increasing jump height, make it to where anybody, even if they don't have myofibs equipped, can hold X and then release it and actually use up more of their stamina to clear obstacles. Yeah, I mean, th those are all, th those are all, I think, legitimate, legitimate notes and comments on that, Kane. I mean, I certainly don't disagree with a lot of it. It just, I think it, um, uh, it, it just strikes me as that these, what they've injected into the game as it currently sits right now is fun. Uh, well, I think that's a definitely a matter of perception. I mean, I, like, again, do I think it's fun? Not really. I, I don't, I don't think it's bad either, but it, it, in all honesty, I think it's a little bit too cartoony for me. I mean, some of it now, I think that, well, let me put this way. The extent with which it is taken now is, and I would also reference one, one quick thing. And, and I kind of mentioned this earlier in this, in our Skype channel, um, when I, I think a lot of us view it as fun in, in all honesty, because we're comparing dust right now to dust as we've seen it for the last couple of years. And let's, you know, let's be honest with ourselves. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of things not fun about the game at times. So something that's a change this big that you can do some, you know, albeit some creative, but again, some cartoony things, you know, that, that is, that's probably fun to a lot of people. I, I don't find it fun, but I'm certainly not going to you know try to burn the house down about it. Um, real quick, uh, well, ba uh, Bam, you were raising your hand. What would you have? Uh, I think all of you guys have got it wrong, to be honest. You guys are focusing on the here and now. You guys aren't looking at the bigger picture. If you guys think about this is that uh, Dust is a test platform for Legion. What does this jumping mechanic have in Legion? You know, think of that sort of side of things, you know. This, they are showing their hand early, I think, when it comes to Legion. Yeah, fun is subjective. If people are having fun with the mechanic, cool beans. You know, it helps my Forge Gunner and uh, my HMG. I don't give a shit about the mechanic. I'm still going to kill you with my HMG. So, yeah. Fair I, I got to add into BAM with this one, um, especially if they tighten up the dispersion on the Assault HMG. It's going to turn those damn guns into anti-aircraft guns for blowing up drop suits flying. Yeah, totally. You know, completely agree with that. Yes. The advanced um, HMG has many times outgunned my proto HMG, which is why I tend to, for the 5 million clone march, whatever you want to call it, I ran advanced suits. And I did better in my advanced suits with my advanced HMG than I did in my proto suits with my proto gear and complex everything. So, yeah, if they tighten up the dispersion of the advanced HMG, they're going to be fucking pub stomping with HMGs again. So, yeah. Well... I mean, like, the, the thing is, is so, um, Jay, as you said, you know, as comparison now, um, I, I think it is, a you know, with the lack of an ability to do, say, 
you know, great vaulting mechanics or, you know, um, some of the other ty- that that type of more fluid movement. I think it's a great option that you can choose it, and it does have a cost because if you want that really high jumping capability, you are going to lose a lot of fitting um, capability for other things. And I can buy it from a lore aspect too because you're in a you're in a mechanized suit. It can more than certainly do superhuman things. And to begin with, not only are you in a mechanized suit, but you're in a specifically engineered clone that was designed for the purposes of being ideal in combat. Hey man, I'm I'm all about it. So from a lore perspective and a you know and a sci-fi perspective, when am I going to get like I don't know something other than iron sights on on a rifle? When am I going to get I don't know? I would EGGs. When am I, I would love like a, an number? actual. Hey, iron sights will stand EMP, which is a very very sci-fi weapon. Yeah. Hey, okay. Again, I'm so just... yeah. That is, that is that is a good point though. Is you do have to add like you know if if you. Do go back more to the laser sights. You do have to actually have that affected by. Um, no, you don't. EMPs. Yeah, you do. Okay, all right, Zell. I'm gonna. Then, I'm gonna honestly, choice. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take my three seconds and tell you right now that if you really want me to break into a lesson on how these things really work, I can. But you probably don't want me to do that. Okay. Suffice it to say, right, yeah, it would not affect it. I hate to say this, but a scope's not going to be affected by EMP. If you say so. Um, uh, considering but, but, I use scopes all the time, and okay. yeah, even a laser dot sight's not going to be affected by EMP. Do you get, get EMP often? Every day. Okay. Last time I got EMP, I felt really sick. It was not a pleasant experience. Um, so, um, but like, I would like to see at some point an actual, um, like slot option to change that for sites customizable weapons what what do you t- what yeah. is this magic you're talking about what is about? this madness you're that speaking that would be awesome that'd be awesome i would love to strike a good pick, point there actually pick like uh, a laser why give us and silly sight, gimmicks whatever. like jumping over buildings and no. stuff why not actually focus on the game and Ew. give us guns that can have changeable sights and yeah, so the on thing so is the jumping mechanics i would not consider it a gimmick at all because if you think about it i mean even uh co uh, pirates no that was a poor choice of words that was a poor choice of words gimmick perhaps yes it's again subjective unfortunately the jumping mechanics are a band-aid fix for the uh heavy jumping problem that we've had for the last two years you know, it's had unintended side effects that everybody thinks are cool, but it's the band-aid for fixing heavies being stymied by a four-inch tall wall. Oh, so because of my fat ass, everyone gets to jump 50 feet, and I only get to jump four feet now. Oh, great, cool. Correct. You shouldn't even have to jump a four-inch four wall in order to get over it. You should be just walking over it. I know, right? Logic. Logic. This is this is a CCP game. Quit I refuse logic. to raise my leg. Nonetheless, um, thanks to the help of Aeon Amandi and our uh, other... What's his name? I keep forgetting. The one who keeps stealing the um, data from the Katma database. Thundergroove, that's his name. A couple of interesting things about the Myra Fireballs we found out. One, uh, the stacking penalty uh, gets inversed around stack four, which leads to some hilarious results. So that's definitely (laughs) still bugged. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. They they did the wormhole bug? Yeah, so... can tell when you put a count when you put the the fifth one on because you actually end up jumping way 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 higher i will say that um i mean i have actually been running around with just three after Ratati made that post about limiting them to three it definitely you can get to most spots i would say that if we could keep with four 
um, it would probably be the best because you can still, there's a few very campy spots that you can't get to um, with three, like uh, Overwatch, uh, Catwalk Overwatch over um, Alpha on the Cargo Hub map, or aka the Orbital Artillery or Rings map. Then the other thing yeah. we found out, thanks to Thundergroove, is that the Marvel Fireballs do not j- affect jump height, they affect jump speed. Which yeah, is why that. Everyone, that everyone has that floaty moon sensation because it's, it's all about deceleration. Than- well, you know, that's actually, you know, that is the other the other component of it. Um, I, I think the the jump damage probably needs to be accounted for a little bit better as well. I mean, like I said, I, I don't and I don't necessarily have a problem with people you know having flubber jumps, but it, you probably I think it needs to be handled a little bit more seriously than probably it is. Uh, and, and I'm sure that they're probably going to tweak it and adjust it and all that kind of good stuff. It just, like I said, if you add something like this in there, you probably need to like think through the second and third order effects of having it in. Um, and then and my other point ultimately was I think there are ways that they could have achieved things that people would have liked quite a bit, again, in terms of you know the mobility aspects, not just the, the lulls part of it, but literally just helping the mobility of the player out that did not require having a module to do it or you know needing only one module with which to do it at the most. Uh, so that again, that was my you know sort of my my comment on it. and I, I did see there's a lot of people that that, that got a little emotional about it. I, I think probably unnecessarily. Well, mechanic-wise, it's the aspect of being able to jump high is going to remain most likely because it because of the meta is too enjoyable, and the word I mean seen flung around in forums a lot, which I haven't seen since almost chromosome, is the it's word fun. fun. And I, that, like, is, sure, that is going to I be literally hard like, to argue against. I remember getting on Chrome, getting on after Echo dropped, and he literally hearing people go "we" over comps. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's fine. So, I, I mean, you know, I, I have a thought on that, which, and, and again, I absolutely don't disagree that it's probably is, you know, fun for a lot of people. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'll save my thoughts until the end of the show on it, but I, I do have a, I do have a little, a little bit of a perspective on that that's slightly different. Like I said, I don't, I don't have any beef against it, but just a different way well, to look at it. Hopefully the jet pack or the jump pack, whatever they're going to decide to call, if, when it does come in, we'll replace our fireball in that function. And the Mario Fireball will get them tuned down afterwards. Okay. Well, at the same time, so. Sure. Yeah. Because, yeah, but I'm, right I'm now, it is providing very useful data for possible design of the jump pack as well. So. Okay. I mean, it's it's definitely going to help help things out. So, um, bef- yeah, before we shut this one down, um, as far as it goes, shit, I lost my train of thought. Never mind. Fuck it. Perfect. Um, so we're going to go ahead and switch to the next topic, and then we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the Assault HMG slash the uh, Pseudo Auto Cannon, which I, I think conceptually and on paper, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I actually like the idea that, that he was laying out, but I think, again, much a little bit like we saw with the Myo 5s and some other stuff, the execution, not so good. Um, so basically the idea behind the Assault HMG was to increase its lethality against light vehicles or vehicles in general uh, over and above the HMG, significantly lower fire rate with a significantly higher damage per shot. Uh, that, that was sort of the, the theory behind it. Uh, and again, you know, you can call it a breach HMG or assault or autocannon, however you want to rephrase it. I like the idea because it's so noticeably different than the other um, HMGs. 
And I also like the idea of having something with some punch that was basically beyond bad breath range, which is where the other HMGs are right now. Honestly, if this doesn't work out, I haven't had a chance to test it. I haven't had a chance to look at the dispersion. Honestly, if it doesn't really work very well, I think the next step would be to take it to an actual autocannon style weapon where you get like four shots per second high damage. Yeah, I mean, the so I, I this, this was literally the first thing I tested out because I was very keen to try to try out the uh, Assault HMG when it came out. So long story short, um, again, on paper, works really well. I think it's like actually a mechanical problem that they that it, they didn't account for because um, I, I assume that the rate of fire or the rounds shot has a direct impact on the reticle scaling down and dispersion decreasing? No. It's the fact that the they didn't change the rate of reticle dispersion. Yep. Okay, I think we just said the same thing, but we moved our hands in different directions when we were talking. Um, but long story short is basically your, your reticle stays wide open and, and legitimately, and I don't know if that's normal dispersion or not, but when, you, when you're at like 20 meters from like a cargo container and you shoot, it it is incredible. Like you could literally have like an assault suit run past you like a little duck at a, uh, a shooting gallery at the, at the fair, like guys running back and forth in front of that cargo container. And you, you will 50, 50, you're going to lay a glove on them. I unfortunately hadn't had the pleasure to test the, um, the assault HMGs out because uh, I don't have level four and I have the unfortunate, um, displeasure of dealing with the bugged, um, standard version. Uh, Dispersion I, is still the same amongst all, all um the bat the whole patch. I, yeah, I think <laughs> you have two problems right here. One is uh, at the base level of dispersion when it starts firing, there you know it never gets better. It like it never you know it never starts to decre decrease dispersion, and that's why I was asking like I don't know if it's based on rounds fired. That's what equals you know uh, the decrease because you can hold the trigger as long as you want. It's just not moving. So I don't think it's a time thing, but the other component is because it's rate of fire is so much is, is like half of what a normal HMG is basically it exacerbates the problem with dispersion. So I, I would offer that if you really want to have a one, like the fact that we had this whole inverse dispersion slash recoil mechanic for the HMG is utterly fucking laughable. It, this is, this is actually honestly one of the things that is truly a pet peeve with me, and I'm not even a dedicated HMG guy. But um, I, you really need to have have it be a much more accurate weapon. Like you bring its dispersion down. I don't care if the cone, I don't care if the, the base reticle ever moves or not, but it needs to be much more accurate uh, in terms of its firing mechanism. Otherwise, yeah. it, it's it's going to be totally useless. Yeah. Right I mean, now, if you think about it, it, it has to function, in all honesty, kind of like a rail rifle. It performs in better of, in CQC right now. I mean, it really does. The, on it. the yeah. thing I've been, I don't know if you guys have seen any of my posts on it, but I've been saying this about the other, the old Assault HMG, the only thing that needed to be fixed was the dispersion. The tighter the dispersion, Kane's made this point too, the tighter the dispersion, the harder it is to use in CQC. And by the same token, the easier it is to use at range. Well, that was my see. That was the whole point. Like when, uh, if you think about it, uh, several months ago when they adjusted the HMG, like it used to fire basically at that center pixel always. It was basically like you could drill holes into people with it if you had good aim. That works. That type of mechanic or that type of uh, 
structure works really well for like the auto cannon right now. Like if they would bring that back for, you know, like literally like pinpoint accuracy uh, and then keep the reticle wide, that would work very well, I think. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that would fit a lot of good things. I also, and I also think it really need to increase the range on it too a little bit. Well, what you're describing works for the forge gun. I mean, I would see, I would, I would have them walk back the dispersion initially, and then see how that works, and then, and then maybe start addressing the range. Because right now, you really can't get a feel for the range at all because the bullets are going all over the place. Yeah, no, that's a fact. It, it's kind of comical because the the fire rate is actually one fourth of the normal HMG, and I because love the it's, sound. It, 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 it does sound very cool. I will give them that, but like because there's so few bullets, you can actually really dial in and see what the bullets coming out at the end of the gun and it's almost comical at the angle you see them popping out at i mean it doesn't make yes. any sense for it. it it looks like it's coming out at a 30 degree angle out of the barrel it, it, it looks does. it looks yeah, really it's stupid <laughs> it's really i didn't even think about it but that's see, it's very true like this is like I, i've never really i haven't done as much academic work on it as like uh you know it's like breaking some of the other guys but when i was when i was looking through this basically i was like okay the machine guns do like do not function this way. Um, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with a minigun being a beast mode in CQC if it hits you. Now, whether you know wh what I think the point is is like how do you how do you make it somewhat realistic? And again, bullets coming out of the thirty degree angle from in a cone basically is ridiculous. So the idea of dispersion with the HMG particularly is is kind of asinine. What what it needs to have is like serious recoil. And then eliminate the aim down sight from it, and you basically keep a fat fat reticle on that thing with the pinpoint accuracy in the middle. That actually would do a lot of, I think, what breaking. We come at it from different schools of thought, but th there's certain there's certain components of it where I can get behind. So dispersion for an HMG, not good. Uh, and if you think about it, dispersion, is literally uh, it's basically mechanical inaccuracy. Uh, I, that I can't get behind. I can get behind recoil. I can get behind different like charge mechanics and stuff like that. Or heat is a good one, but dispersion is is just not a good mechanic. It's dice rolling. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, unfortunately, just the way that the HMG is designed in Dust is so fucking back ass, back, just back ass word. It's just I I don't even know how to describe it. It doesn't work. At all, like a reg a real heavy I, machine. Gun. I think. I, I think. I mean, literally. What if you just added re like? Because there's basically no recoil to it. So what so, if you added recoil? And it's, not used to be, it's not going used to help to be in recoil. CQC. Before the heat, before the heat buildup changes, you could actually there was actually a large amount of recoil that would happen near the tail end before you overheated. Um, but after the heat changes, you never get to that point, so you actually never see the recoil that's actually on the gun anymore. Yeah, not only that, when, when the recoil is higher, it actually helps you because it walks the bullets straight up the target into their head. Yeah, but that's, I mean, but, but re, riding recoil is, is a, a fairly practical, logical, and legitimate, you know, way to play with a sustained fire weapon. Totally makes sense to me. It is. It's, it's just problematic when you put it into a ubiquitous CQC weapon. Yeah, and again. That's another ball fine. of wax. Yeah, but anyway, like specifically reference the Assault HMG, I just, I, I think, great idea, incredibly bad execution at this point. They, they desperately need to, to touch that thing. I, the funny thing is, is if you check, click the uh, spreadsheet on my, uh, on my signature down at the bottom, if you rotate all the way to the right side, it shows all my proposed stats for AV weapons. Um, the proposal for autocannon is one of the ones I have in there. 
it's very different from the way it's set up by Rotati. Okay. Um, how about any comments on the uh, the regular HMGs now they've again dialed back the range on them? It's not going to solve the problem. I mean, people seem to not really be too torn up about um, the changes. They seem, they're like, yeah, I feel like I'm still killing people. That is the general consensus uh, I'm getting among. I t- well, one, I think I think the myofibe thing is actually overshadowing a lot of the because people are so focused on playing around with that, they're not. You don't get a lot of experimentation with other things right now. I I will say that I, I have played around with the HMGs and it, it is a noticeable difference. Uh, and I think it's just not helpful. Uh, in all honesty, I don't. It, it was not. I think at best it's a neutral change. At worst, it's not going to solve the problem that Rotati stated is a problem. Yeah, no, nah, I'll buy that. But again, I just, I think at best it's neutral. At worst, it's it, that's it's, it's not a positive. I, I tend to agree. I think to really let this play out, though, they they need to get the assault HMG to back to that old style dispersion or lack thereof, and then just let it play out in terms of people using the assault HMG and then the these modified uh, uh, the shorter range still high dispersion HMGs and just see where the numbers go. Um, I, if they did that, and I call I I still stand by this. I called it for the last two shows. I think. If they actually had that style of dispersion, the uh, I think it would quickly be, quickly become the go-to meta for the HMG, is, you know, the auto cannon version. It's just there would be a lot of good advantages to it, um, and, and I don't know that that's a bad thing either. I'm just I think that's really where it would go because the boundless would not not be helpful. The burst would probably still get some good action depending on the map and where you wanted to put a guy. Uh, but I think the, the autocannon version would, would quickly become the go-to. The funny thing is, is if Rotati decided to replace the entire HMG line with an autocannon line, I wouldn't complain. Um, I don't want you guys to lynch me for this, but I honestly think that the altering reticle for the autocannon should just be completely done away with. Just I have totally a static agree. reticle. Well, yeah, see, and that, again, it just goes back to the fact that there is no weapon on the face of the earth that... The longer you fire it, the steadier it gets. That's fucking. Uh, yeah, well, sci-fi reasons and gyroscopes and stuff. I'm not going to argue that point. It's not worth it, and it's quite frankly kind of immersion breaking. Yep. All right. So, all right. Now we've talked about HMGs. Uh, I think the the next one was the ASCAR changes. Anybody have any thoughts on that? Wow, they melt. It. They melt people. Yeah, they're like they're fucking ridiculous. <laughs> You know, whether or not they're OP, I mean, whether or not they're straight up OP or not, I, I still, you know, I'm still, my verdict's still out on it. They're definitely better. Like, you can feel that they're better. They're definitely performing better. But are they performing, hands down, better than any other rifle out there? I don't know. Like, I found I found a lot of situations where I would still prefer a rail rifle, uh, even an assault rail rifle, over the assault scrambler rifle. Mm, uh, I would... I would give it a little bit of time, let people kind of play around with it. The, uh, I mean, this, the short answer right now is it doesn't have a charge mechanic. Heat's generally not a factor with it. You know, even without an Amar assault, by the way, yeah, you just have to feather the trigger well. just a little. It's got a, it's got a good aim down sight system. It's got good range, and it's got best, best light weapon DPS right now. <laughs> that's that's kind of hard. I mean. There's a lot going for it. Plus, it's got a deep magazine well as well. I mean, it's got a lot of you can put a lot of you know energy bullets downrange, if you will. So there's really other than other than the CPU PG, like it, it is a little bit of a resource hog. But other than that, not, a lot of downsides right now to that thing. Re- reloads fast too. 
Yeah, that's true. That, that's very true. Overall, it, um, I think we're going to come to find out that we over-buffed the hell out of it, and we're going to have to do middle ground between previous and current. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably pretty accurate. Um, let's see... I will uh, like. I think I think that probably covered most of the non-vehicular stuff. What what I would like to do is kind of. Uh, I I have not played around with vehicles at all, other than labs, which by the way are now effectively made of cardboard. Uh, good. I, no, I don't know, man. I don't know I'm, that that is a good thing. No, I'm kind of happy that they're they're not really tough anymore. I, yeah, but who thought they were tough? That's what I can't figure out. Like I have I have never had a problem slaying LAVs ever. Now, it, like I think, if I hit a small rock, I will, you know, like the front end of my car. Now you, explode. well, you, I think the um, upcoming tweak where they're going to increase the fitting ability on them even more will be good. But I think right now the the good thing is that an unfit LAV just is will not survive more than one really solid AV shot. Yeah, that's, sure. that's a plus out of it. But I, I would have to say that the fitting on them does seem a little restrictive in terms of reaching the goal of unfit lab is death is a death is a death coffin and you know and a fitted lab should be reasonably survivable uh, just just remember that what they've effectively done is set the 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 bar for what they have to work against for anything that they want to do with LAVs in the future they've set that bar very low right now so there clearly needs to be some work done on these things the problem was is the old bar was Oh look! I don't have to put anything on it, and it will survive two prototype AV shots. And that goes back to that panic increase of health on the LAVs. Yeah, that was dumb. That was incredibly dumb. And they should have just given them better fitting, more fitting, and more slots. I say we need medium modules. <laughs> well, that's not even the issue, though. The issue is that they went with the same philosophy for LAVs that they did with HAVs, which is let's give them basically no slots at all and give them a crap ton of base. HP to compensate for, and that's just a bad way of doing it. Yeah, well, that's pretty much. When you give something more slots, so you're substantially increasing its price tag as well. So we have to be very considerate of that because the LVs are supposed to be a vehicle that should be easily accessible for everybody, and if making them really expensive is um, not a good way to go with them. The, the An LAV should that, be no more expensive than a prototype drop suit. Well, no more. That expense, though, is uh, if you give an LAV more slots, that expense is all, all up to the player in terms of how much they want to utilize it and how much they want to fit it. Well, I think there's also an issue with, uh, at least from, from my personal opinion, I feel that a lot of the light modules, like especially like the H, the, the shield the HP modules, <laughs> and like standard level are basically bullshit. Like I think a standard light shield extender is like 180 HP. It's yeah. basically nothing. It's so trash. I, yeah, I think at the very least you might need to really kind of look at the progression of, of uh, light modules from standard to proto and, and see where they should be because I, I, they don't feel right. They, they certainly don't follow the same kind of progression you see with uh, heavy modules so I think that would go a long way and then once you get that in a better place then you can kind of take a look at okay at a price point how much base HP can they have how much do I need to put on it to actually make it be viable in a, in a firefight and then you can kind of tweak it and see what the, the prices are going to land but I think currently the, the light modules need some work I think they're, they're pretty screwed up and people tend to fit just uh, just proto typically for, for you know high end game for, for vehicles but I think that in terms of an LAV if someone wants it to be survivable but also fairly cheap, those standard modules need to actually be worth something, and, and currently they're really not worth the price. Well, the hilarious thing right now, as far as 
uh, VAV goes, um, I'm willing to bet money that most of the complaining about uh, AV being overpowered right now has more to do with the fact that people are trying to run standard fit are, are they trying to run standard fit vehicles against prototype AV and expecting it to survive? Yeah, and I mean, uh, the tier of, of particularly HP modules is can actually be pretty significant. And depending on your tanking style, the, the regen modules can be a pretty big deal as well. So, I mean, that's, that's, I mean that, that's a totally different topic, but I think that in terms of feedback on AV vehicle balance, it's kind of all over the board. I, I'm getting a lot of mixed reports from both sides saying that they're either underpowered or overpowered. So it's it's kind of messy right now. I'm, I'm curious to see maybe in a week or two, once things settle down and people aren't spamming everything to see what the actual feel is on it. Because, I mean, I, I know Iron Wolf mentioned the same thing, that reports seem extremely mixed in terms of uh, AV vehicle balance. Well, the thing is, is I can't really report on it because I haven't tested it at all yet. And the only way I'm going to be able to test it is if I run standard versus standard, advanced versus... Did I get cut off there? Uh, yes, it's, you did. A, it's, it's a little... I thought yeah, I was connected. Uh, sorry, what I was saying is the only way I'm going to be able to test it myself is by running standard to standard, advanced to advanced, and proto to proto. Because you, you can't get a real good idea of the balance points if you're just running proto or if you're only running standard or well there's more to it than just the tier as well i mean there's there's positioning and where people are and in the current situation it's it's one of those things that you can't really determine straight through you know ideal yeah. condition testing and, and that's why i say give it a couple of weeks and i want to see where things land after that you know oh yeah you know what I, I think right now a lot of people just haven't figured out how to work all of the new slots and work out how to have because now everyone has a lot of fitting variety that they didn't have before and a lot of choices that they can make because i've run into tanks and vehicles that just go down very easily and pop very easily and then with the same fit i'll run against another vehicle and it will be literally unkillable like there's nothing i can do to actually kill it um so i th i think a lot of it comes down to uh, uh user uh, efficiency uh, in a lot of cases. Well, and not to mention that there are some clear issues already. I mean, uh, there's obviously a glitch where they, they introduced the shield regulators and they ended up going to a high slot and they were intended to be a low slot, so you, you really can't gauge shield vehicles at this point because their modules aren't working properly. I also think a lot of the shield uh, module fittings, some of them got changed, like the hardeners got a, an increase in, in PG CPU cost. And I think some of the current modules are also too expensive. I think shields are underperforming uh, compared to armor now. Armor feels a lot better. It's, it's a lot tankier, and I feel like I actually take a hit now. But the shields are, are having some some key issues. So I think once we get some of those fixes in that Ritati's been talking about, we'll we'll see where things land. But but like you said, I I get a lot of different philosophies from different people about how they fit their vehicles, and, and even just playing around myself, you can do some really sometimes goofy things with it but you can there's certainly a lot more variety which is very refreshing because before you you had your cookie cutter fit and that was basically all you ran because that's all you had room for so i i i think like you said people learning how to deal with the vehicles and how to fit them and what kind of tools to use against different kinds of fit is, is certainly coming back into the, the the frame now which is is good to see because i mean i remember back in the day you would tailor your av or your your turret selection specifically to counter a certain fit by you know reading their their hp values and and, and seeing how they were uh behaving and whatnot and i think we're going to see more of that again so in that regard it's, it's certainly an improvement 
Okay. Um, just really quick, have you messed around with the different types of tanks? The um, the uh, like the the one turret tanks. The have, have you played around with those at all? Uh, they're well, bugged. They're bugged. Yeah. Bugged. That they're bugged apparently. Um, yeah. Well, well, what happened is that even though on the fitting screen the solo HAV, which um, basically doesn't have small turrets, but it has reduced fitting for exactly the amount of the small turrets. It, it's not showing as having small turrets. When you actually get it in the match, it has the turrets, and they are consuming PG and CPU. So basically, you're ending up with less resources than you should have for those solo HAVs, so that needs to be fixed. So I, I've only really been testing with the uh, the main battle tanks, or the, the standard ones, which have the, the fitted uh, small turrets, because the solo ones are not working properly. Um, from from the tankers that I've talked to about the uh, solo tank, the S-halves versus the normal battle tanks, they keep on saying that, you know, on the long, long enough timeline, hands down, there's not going to be a real reason for the solo HAVs because um, you can get fitting skill bonuses to your small turrets. So you're actually going to end up with more resources available on the battle tanks, even if you end up having being forced to carry those turrets. Yeah, the solo tanks were added kind of as a means to appease people who just didn't want to have small turrets while avoiding the issue of foregoing your small turrets to get extra resources. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's, there's really a point to them, but I guess some people might like them, so Is, is there whatever. any difference in the, uh, the base HP or speed of the vehicles? No, they're identical no, in every way. Ident- See, that's, that, that's honestly where, where they could have made a difference. Like, you have full tanks, main battle tanks with more HP, slower, but the single turret ones are faster, but noticeably less HP. And, and then you could have, you, you probably would have ended up with some some good variety then. I mean, I think well, I think I think the idea was just to add a, a given all branch to uh, tankers that didn't want gunners at all, like under any under any circumstances. That's actually what it was. It's an olive branch to them. Ritati said, no, they don't serve a purpose. They're there for those people. And they also make a convenient uh, uh, prerequisite for the destroyer HAVs that are being planned. Yeah, on that note, Jay, that the specialist tanks that we've been talking about, basically you've got the destroyer, which is a single turret, no small turrets, and that is the fast... Uh, high turret damage, no lower lower HP version, and then there's the uh, I think he's calling the ultra heavy uh, tank, which is uh, it's got the large turret and two small turrets, but it's very slow with higher HP. So those will be uh, specialty tanks, not the generalist ones we currently have. Cool. Yep, that's the plan, and I'm hoping it goes off without a hitch because damn it, there needs to be some more variety in the vehicle so, play. On that note. Uh, and I was actually going to save this because we have a few other hotfix echo things to talk about, but I might as well throw it out here. Is there anything that, that went into this hotfix that wasn't mildly to moderately fucked up? Like in terms of execution? Like I'm, I just went down the list. I'm not tracking anything that went in as intended. No, the scrambler rifle buff worked. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, uh, you're right. It worked. And I think we're going to find out that was <laughs> a horribly <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> Um, the interesting. Uh, so oh the gosh. one thing like, I don't. I want to make this clear. The one thing that actually is working as intended is probably the thing that ultimately didn't need to go in as intended. <laughs> Mess with the militia militia gear, so or the starter fits to really get a feel of those changes either. So maybe those worked as well. Yeah, the starter fits got messed up too. Uh, we forgot to remove Shocker. snipers from all from all the veterans, so they 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 got an invalid sniper fit. <laughs> is this? I mean, and I'm. At this point, I'm honestly not like trying to throw rocks, but this 
this is the kind of thing that worries me in that hotfix comes out. You can go to, go down the line categorically, and there's, you know, like I said, you know, noticeable issues with pretty much everything that, that, that hit the street on this thing. This is eerily like some of the things that would happen like a year ago in terms of when these releases came out. And, and it, it makes me a little bit nervous. Um, I mean, is that, is that a fair statement or not? I mean, I, it doesn't make me... I'm not nervous about it. Like, as long as they come back and fix it, like, the Rotati's cycles have been... Of, of fixing things have been so much more rapid that I'm not terrified like I would be back in the old days when something would land bad, and I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to be stuck with this being bad for three months. I, I think or, the, or four the one, months or five months. I don't disagree with you. I would, I, would, I would add, though, that the one thing that you've also seen is that when he when he's got to go back and iterate and continually tweak things, he he basically will give it one more hack of like let me try to get it okay with this quickie fix, and then he's got so many things on his plate that he wants to do that he'll leave it and he'll roll out away from it, no matter what state it's in at that point. That's the part that makes me a little concerned. Well, he's he's um, usually in the mood of um let's see where where it works, where it does stand in the data after he gets done tweaking with it, before he touches it again, which it's, sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's not a uh, good thing, sometimes um, things need to be hit um, before, um, it's not on the grounds of being a knee-jerk reaction, but on the grounds that it's just uh, literally truly messed up. But he's he's trying to avoid the entire knee-jerk reaction as much as possible. But there are times that the um, community and the CPM are able to influence that. Hey, this is not a knee-jerk. This is a definite problem. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed again. One thing that I was uh, in terms of that was supposed to be a change that didn't land properly. That I'm actually I'm actually happy with where it is right now. Would be the uplink changes. Like I. I've, I've been doing a lot of PC this uh, since Echo dropped, and uplinks and the number of them on the battlefield are not an issue. Like in terms of people running out of links, or I mean, I don't think I think the count increase for prototype tier and the the count increase was good. And I think I wouldn't I would actually just leave that as is and not try to do the the three the three hundred percent increase in carried for uplinks. That's just one thing that I'm a little concerned about if it actually that gets quote unquote fixed. Uh, no, so, some of the uplinks did did have the three X carry. It's just that very few of them um, actually missed out on it. But the here's another issue that's been cropping up because of the new carry on numbers is um logistics are being are feeling left out because now an assault or a um scout could easily replace them due to the uh, larger amount of um uh, carry ons and there, there there needs to be an addressal to that when we we need to definitely just go in and buff the logistics um straight on instead of uh, buffing around it. I, the logistics, I think it still serves. It def, they definitely still have roles, but they step. It's like it's more of the logistics are going to be doing whatever they're specialized in doing. Like the Mimitar logies do the repping. You know, your Mar logies get, drop your drop your links. Your your Gal logies do your scanning for you. That that is not. I, I, look, I, I'm just. I, I would offer that that's that's that is a very narrow and probably not a good way to look at it as a class. There's. There, there's a couple things going on with it. Um, th there is, a, like, basically, w w if you think about it, um, if you did bandwidth or you do the increase in carried equipment with a lowered, you know, sort of capacity per equipment unit, doing one or the other 
kind of makes sense. Doing both, that not maybe maybe not going to work out very well. Uh, now, what it will, in fact, what it will do, and Iron Wolf did mention this, it does increase the value of the equipment carried by non-logies dramatically. Um, that is a legitimate point, uh, and I'm I'm certainly not at the point of saying that you know people are swiping rolls and stuff, but it you know it, it will it will go a long way to potentially devaluing you know some of the things a logic can provide um, because the reality is is that okay let's say you're running a cow logic and he drops a cool hive great but everybody can drop nine hives you know I mean it's, so it's kind of it's kind of not not nearly as useful to you at some point. Sat in the fact that the the roll bonuses or the racial bonuses, if you will, for many of the the lodges, really need to be relooked. And having one trick ponies, you know, by racial type, that's that's probably not a good way to go either. Another thing that needs to be addressed is the survivability of lodges. People just don't want to use them. It's that simple. People don't want to use a logi because they die like paper tigers. And the the thing is, the I mean, like the what I found is the logis are still extreme, like absolutely vital. Like definitely in in high end play, like you can't do matches without your logis. The thing that I concerned with in terms of just doing straight HP buffs to the logis, um, you end up with going back to where we were before, where there's no this logi suit is hands down better no matter what the so, situation is. Yeah, well, I agree with you. Um, but well, I'm one way to one way to punch that in the face is just you know, simply reduce the number of other module slots and just um, give base better base stats. I mean, so that um you won't have enough uh, room to screw around with the rest of the slots to make to it better me, than the assaults. To me, the, the Logi having lower HP is a, is fine, but the fact the Logi having lower HP and lower movement is ridiculous. Not only that, another method of deal, dealing with the Logi to avoid the Slayer Logi problem, which was entirely a hit point problem, is to dras- dramatically increase the recovery rates of Logis. Yeah, that's something uh, that, that it, I've heard. It wasn't, it wasn't just a hit point problem, though. It was a bonus problem, and you're getting those bonuses to your modules, and, and that, that doesn't belong in a Logi, but the fact remains that if it still has less HP than an assault, how is it going to be better than an assault? It, that's my. That's kind of the point that I'm getting at. Is you don't want to increase the hit points of the Slayer Logi. The Slayer Logi was entirely created because they could get almost as many hit points as a Sentinel could. Right, but that's that was why. But, but my, my my point is, we talked about this before, is that if logistics have the same number of slots as an assault and less HP overall, how is that going to be better than an assault in the Slayer role? It's not. It's that's okay. It's not and, going and, to be. And, and, and that's and I think that's a perfectly reasonable. Uh, direction to go, but the problem is that the difference between an HP of, a, of an assault and a logi right now is so drastic that they just they melt. And it's okay to mm-hmm. buff the logi's HP if you don't go crazy with it. I think people are afraid if I give them any HP, they're going to turn to Slayer logis, and it's completely unfounded fear. You 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 don't. It's stupid. You can still buff them without making them overpowered, I, and people can't get out of their heads. I think I think there's there's a from a like a, a design philosophy. When they first started touching the assault suits, they kind of did that pseudo pass on the assault suits, and then they, they kept talking about doing logis next. That was months ago. I, I said at the time, like, you really need to, to do both suits at the same time. 
Yeah. They're going to play off each other. And everybody called me, called me crazy. It's like, oh my God, that's too much to do at once. I, mm. I reference you to everything they've done in the last seven months. That's clearly exceeded that threshold. The, right. The thought process that I would just offer that I think would be a happy medium uh, if people would kind of look at it from a logical standpoint is they, they are a medium frame suit. Okay. So if, if your HP value, if your number one slot layouts, high lows are the same. If you make that, if you make the slot layouts the same, uh, that's hugely helpful. Part two, if you actually make the EHP the same, uh, and then you, you can adjust things in terms of foot speed, like they need to be a little faster. I would offer, they could probably use like more stamina rather than just raw foot speed. Let the assaults be, you know, 10, 10, 15% faster, but Logis have 10, 15% more stamina, but the EHP is the same. The trick is you, I think what you really want is that the bonuses and the benefits that you get from the weapon systems of the assault versus the equipment systems of the Logi needs to be really where the, de the defining uh, characteristics of both suits at the medium frame, at, at the medium weight class is. Um, and I think you'd go a long way to to basically evening the, evening this whole thing out. If the assaults are clearly better at killing things and the Logis are clearly better at carrying and utilizing equipment, and that is really the defining factor, a lot of this problem goes away, I think. Yeah. As far as the as far as it goes though, I think as far as raw survivability goes, um, give the Logis, you know, better bonusing for, you know, like armor repair units and shield recovery and let the assaults carry the hit points. Like I, I think um um really the Logis do need to be moving as fast as assaults, but the concern that I have about giving them the same slot layout, um you may you could very well end up if you have all these slots and you have more CPU and power grid and you have the same hit points, all you have to do is not run your equipment. And so the, the problem being that you can st the the bonuses on an assault suit aren't the sort of thing that make the assault suit a must-have. Yeah, there nobody cares about them. If you look at like Eve ships, the right weapon for the right ship. That was like a 25% bonus on most ships. It was a must-have, to, in most cases, to have the right type of ship for the right gun. So what you need to do is make it difficult to put to stack a bunch of damage mods on a Logi suit. Uh, that wasn't always the case, because there have been cases in EVE where no matter how high the bonus got, it was not that useful on that ship with its proper weapon system. Uh, Ferox was notorious for this. It was more beneficial to put auto cannons on a darn thing than it was railguns. Well, so just just to just a quick point out here, what we're really talking about, like from the way this conversation goes, is like how do you make assault suits better assault suits? Because everybody tends to go, well, you don't want Logis to be too good of an assault suit. But then I point out, well, what have you done to make the assault suits better at being an assault suit? Uh, and that's that's so Jay, to me where it comes back Jay. from. So how about we uh, we make our next patch about assault suits, our next hot fix, and then you know we talk about logis maybe after that. Well, since you've already messed with assault suits once and did it shittily, uh, if you want to take another stab at it, go right ahead. But if they never, <laughs> if they just never messing touched, with you, man. Well, no, but if if, if Rattati never touched logis suits ever, it wouldn't surprise me um, because he's basically shown zero interest in it publicly, like at all. I mean. 
I would like. Well, I, I'd argue the whole bandwidth system was was not. But I know you don't like it. I know you don't no, like okay, it. But it I'll was tell you what. You go ask any lot. Go ask Cross and B what they think uh, if they think that was a buff to Logies. After playing with it for months now, um, I'm going to bet you money that they would say it's not. I don't know. In terms of if you need to have a lot of equipment out on the field at the same time, that's still a thing that the Logies are needed for. But hands down, we definitely need to get rid of the deploy limit per equipment. Well, the the pro yeah, but here's the problem, Kane. Is I, I agree with you, but when you add in additional carried equipment, you you have now basically undercut any any of the ben- any of the subjective benefit you would get from the bandwidth component. Which, by the way, I would still offer that they probably really need to go back and look at like the bandwidth numbers per equipment unit. Um, there's some that need to be increased and some that need to be lowered. I mean, they really need to you know, take a look at that. But when you add in the the added equipment, like the added carried equipment, you totally undercut the concept of bandwidth, though. I mean, I think um, Iron Wolf actually hit on a good point. I think one of the issues that we're running into is we have on these pieces of equipment uh, max active, you know? You could have you carry these nine drop up links, but you can only drop. You can only have two act actually active on the field at any given time. Right, but if I'm carrying nine, not like two or three, like my willingness to drop and pop an uplink or or pop a, a hive, you know, like sacrifice one because I need one right now, dramatically different. Oh, and, and only that the as predicted the um, nano hive buff uh, people run so people running the standard hives obvi- uh, the advanced hives obviously because um, the proto hives are bugged right now um, the whole issue with coordinates people posting up and just freaking playing you know uh, hot potato five one four are definitely I'm definitely starting to see that occur. Well, yeah, because they're because frankly core locust grenades are more effective and ob- I mean generally more tactically useful than a mass driver. Yeah, we should that's probably because they do more rid- damage to heavies. Well, yes, yeah, that's true. There's more damage to everybody. I mean, yeah, which actually b- brings me to a point is because this is kind of jumping back and forth. Given the changes to vehicles in the past, what's the point of having the heavies with the 25 percent splash resistant right now? It's a very good point. <laughs> I mean, it's if, if the intention behind the bonus was initially to make it more resistant to the splash damage of vehicle turrets. Sure, but we've basically gotten rid of the splash damage for vehicle turrets. So at this point, it's a resistance to mass drivers and grenades. And plasma cannons. Well, yeah, direct hits are legit. But, yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, it just makes me shit myself when I see a heavy, but, you know, it's, that's the name of the game. True, but I've, I've killed more Lodgies because the, the heavy will walk through the fire and, you know, that core locust grenade that tickled him, you know, fries the, you know, the Lodgy behind him. You know, that, that, yeah. that works for me. Well, the thing is, is here, here's the thing. Core locust, mass driver, that's great. The problem, the problem with that is, is these should be the breaching tools that are being used to say, I don't know, kick the damn heavies out. You know, that would be kind of an equalizer for that. Um, heavy machine gun if the f- heavies had any fear whatsoever of these weapons I mean to, to right now the the uh, anti-entrenchment tool for a massive heavies and massive lodgies all kind of hold up in one spot is still the RE um, I really wish that wasn't the case I wish there was uh, I would rather the RE go to really be dampened down to being exclusively a, a trap device the REs are also bugged 
you can one-shot heavies even though it's mathematically impossible to do it with an RE. Yeah. The, I just think that, um, I don't know, fixing the REs would be a, a good precursor to removing the splash resistance on the heavies. The splash resistance isn't applying anyway. There will be no change in the status quo. I'm not talking about the Why the, the fuck did you... What? No, what? I'm, no, I'm talking about... I'm saying if you made it to where the REs are no longer used as an offensive weapon... You could then make it to where splash resistance or splash resistance is removed on heavies so that the mass drivers and nades and all that stuff end up being the offensive weapon of choice for entrenched heavies. That's kind of my point, Kane. The splash resistance isn't working. In fact, the REs are doing more damage than they're supposed to be doing against heavies, period. Even if you take away the splash resistance, it should be mathematically impossible for a well-fitted prototype Kaldari Sentinel to die to a basic RE, but they're still dying. I'd actually to go back to something Kane said about the Logis. I don't want to jump topic, but I, I wanted to get something in there. You, you said you're against the logistics having the same slot layouts as the assaults, but the fact remains that actually at the proto level, two of the Logis already have the same slot layouts as the assault. Uh, and the Kaldari has one more than the Assault, but it's basically spent a low slot on a CPU extender, so that effectively has the same number of Assaults. And so it would come down to basically giving the Amar an additional slot. So the, the point I was making is that logistics at a proto level are basically the same layout as Assaults. What you would be changing is mostly the tiers leading up to it, which are a total mess if you ever actually look at them. And oh, yeah. as as for what you were saying about the fitting, uh, one thing I like to compare is that if you look at a similar uh, philosophy we have in DOS, which is the scout with the cloak, in which the cloak is very expensive to fit, and what happens is that they want it to be the scout only, so they make the, the fitting reduction by 75%, which allows the scout, the scout to fit an extremely CPU and, and PG intensive piece of equipment, without giving it a huge amount of, of base CPU PG to work with, you know, normally. And I think that the main issue you're looking at here is more so that the logistics uh, resource reduction bonus is too low. It's 25%. And so you've got a logistics trying to fit basically four equipment, but really only saving on one of them because it's reducing that four by basically the, the price of one. Yet an assault, for example, has one equipment, and that being said, you basically end up with a two equipment difference between the uh, Logi and Assault, even with the bonus. And so I think that if you actually increased that uh, that fitting reduction bonus in the Logi, but decrease their resources, what you could do is keep their resources actually fairly low, but their effective resources being extremely high if you're using equipment, because that equipment has a lot of fitting power because of that reduction. Yeah. And so even if you don't fit equipment to your Logi, then you're really not gaining much because you're only gaining, you know, one slot worth or two slots worth of equipment, yeah. you know, fitting. And I think if you go that route, then you can certainly, like Jay was saying, bring them closer to the assaults and remove kind of that, I don't want to call it an exploit, but it, remove that, that ability to just not use equipment and then super buff your, your defenses out. And I think that if we actually did that, you could get away with having to be much more close to assaults, but still clearly inferior, even if they don't put their equipment on there. Yeah, that's definitely a route I would feel much, much more comfortable with. That's um, how they did the uh, the Sentinels just recently, because of the, uh, the perception of heavies using light weapons all the time. Yeah, yeah, they, they added that reduction to the, uh, the uh, Sentinel roll bonus. 
Um, I mean, one thing that's actually interesting, though, I've seen seeing the tanks rolling around with the the flat slot progression. I really actually think that flattening out the slot progression among uh, drop suits would be a boon to the game in general, actually. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I actually rather enjoy the, the... Some people will, will bitch to high heaven that they don't like calling it an advanced or a prototank because they aren't getting more slots. But honestly, when it comes to fitting, it, it comes down to what kind of modules do I want to put on this and then what hull should I be using to accommodate those modules? And not so much I want to have... It, it works better because I'm not focusing on I have to have this number of modules at this tier. It's more of what tier of modules do I want to use and then making the hull fit that need rather than, you know, relying on sheer numbers like you do with drop suits. Yeah. And not only that, I think that it would really ramp up like one of the, some of the most underutilized modules um, on drop suits right now is CPU and power grid modules. And if you give players access to those slots early on, maybe they can sacrifice some slots to actually improve the, that, the overall power of their basic and advanced frame suits. Well, it's more interesting to fit, too. I mean, as a new player, as a perception, if you're putting more stuff on your drop suit, even if it's crappy militia stuff, if you put lots of stuff on it, you feel stronger. Whereas the current system, you go, well, I've only got four slots and he's got eight, and I know his modules are better than me, so I'm basically going to get stomped. You kind of go into the fight feeling drastically inferior, where I think if you we're able to actually, even if the effect is, is is the same, if you can put a lot of modules on there, it, it makes it more appealing to a new player using a lower end suit. Well, I mean, and it gives key areas the raw power they need. Like, uh, I would say one example would be, um, think, think of an Amar Scout. So, you know, you eventually get those two high slots to really fill out the role, but you don't get them until the tail end of the progression, really. And, um, you know, being able to... the the you know uh, e-war mods are not that hard to fit you know so it's something like you can even have low-end amar scouts fulfilling their role but there's still going to be a desire to have more cpu and grid and people you know people will run proto gear to get that higher cpu and grid but i don't think necessarily uh slot progression really makes sense i agree okay um so before we know we got tier side yeah. Only in my dreams. So we've we've covered a lot of the hotfix echo stuff. I think um, I did see the note from Rotati from Rotati on tweaks that uh, like small blaster dispersion still needed to get looked at. I'm, it's I'm, terrible. I have, I have yeah, damage normalization like, for AV. It's a terrible idea. Okay. Um, so like with, with those, I, I have no experience in them. Uh, I assume that uh, the dispersion on the small blaster is still bad, is what we're. It's really really bad. bad. And not only that, the H- they were trying to put the HMG effect where like the it, the dispersion gets less the longer you fire it. Didn't work. I, again, I go back to that is probably not a mechanic that we should be hanging our hat on for those kind of weapons. Oh, would rather just have a chromo- the chromosome blaster, you know, back small blaster, anyways, mind you. Yeah, no, nah, I got you, man. So with that, let's go ahead and kind of. Um, Let's let's wrap up the hotfix echo discussion since I think we've we've covered a lot of this stuff in it. It's I, I think the uh, you know my my sum up of it is a lot of on paper very neat changes uh, perhaps depending on your point of view. But what looked like some good stuff on paper when it got into the game, 
almost every single facet of it was uh, a bit sketchy. So that that's the part that concerns me a little bit. Um, and, and I don't mean like from a you know, systemic health issue with the game. It's just, I just think this was, you know, not a strong outing in terms of a, uh, a patch or, or hot fix or whatever we want to call this thing. Uh, and I think that it's also exposed some of the deeper sort of, pers- you know, differences in perspective on what is good or what is fun or uh, philosophies between different types of styles or mechanics in the game. So good discussion starter, if nothing else for guys like us, but, you know, probably not, not the best outing that they've had recently. Uh, so what I would like to do is kind of like push out a little bit to some other topics um, and we'll kind of open it up to everybody. Uh, if, if you have something you, you just sort of wanted to put on the table f- for the grab bag here uh, and I'll open the floor up to you guys. What do you, what do you think? Anything on your mind you want to talk about other than hot fix echo? Yes. Oh. Um, oh. Right. Go ahead. No, no, you're you're up. So in Squad Chat, someone had a fairly I thought it was a fairly brilliant idea. Um, um, I want to see some thoughts on it though. Uh, he said, you know, uh, in Academy mode, why not have militia vehicles that are prefit, you know, to be not super powerful or not super crazy awesome in the cat in the Academy modes, game modes, on the battlefield, kind of like Battlefield Two, Battlefield Four style. So people can randomly get into a vehicle and kind of try it out, see what it's about specifically for Academy. I wouldn't see it. I don't think it would necessarily make sense in pubs or in anything else beyond the Academy. Unless you like make a hack point where it just drops down a random HAV. Secondary objectives. I think a vehicle manufacturing socket. Uh, I mean, conceptually the idea works. I think the, the issue you run into is with a, a lack of a an actual tutorial. Um, it, it will be a bit catch as catch can in terms of the vehicles because you, you know one you have to have a logical way of producing the you know like getting the getting the new player into the vehicle, and then part two is there actually does have to be some kind of on screen instructions about like this is how you move, this is what you do, this is how you shoot, you know that kind of this is how you activate a module, that kind of stuff. Um, I like the idea. I, I, you know, but I think, I, I think the bigger, the bigger piece is what if the Academy actually had a legit tutorial in it? Like, Oh, I don't know. Every other FPS game like this out there, like in the last five years. Uh, and then I think having a vehicle ad would be great. I, I think it'd be a, a good idea. I don't think it's a bad idea the way you described it. I just, I'm trying to think through the the challenges of having that be an effective tool, you know, within the construct of how the Academy works now. What if we had vehicle starter fits that went away after you left the Academy? Uh, maybe. People would want to know where they went. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Yeah, you see them on the field in the Academy, and you go away. Especially since we don't take, like, the normal starter fits away from people. They'd be like, why do the vehicles disappear? Oh, because, uh, you know, certain people say that vehicles are overpowered, and they well, can't they be are, kept as BPOs. But, you know. <laughs> They're very overpowered. Not right now. They're not. Depends well, on maybe it, not it, right now, but it depends on how you fit them. I really think it's gonna. Pl- we're gonna see how that. We're gonna have to see how it plays out, though. Mm-hmm. I, I've actually got to go and see if they're actually destructible as standard AV before I can really make a comment. I killed a. I killed a Marduk. Um, yesterday. What? What? Which is that again? I can't remember. It's solo. It's the solo. Oh, solo. Yeah. Okay. Well, I killed a Marduk yesterday, and that. That he ran over me once, 
So I killed his Marduk, and then I killed his dropship after that, and then I felt avenged. You're a mean person. Oh. No, it's just good sporting. Good sporting fun. No he matter ran how me they... over, man. It, it was no. I meant destroying them is good sporting fun. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The trick is, is they do have to have the opportunity to kill, or else it's not really as sporting as we like to claim. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he killed me first. I I went after him for revenge. Gosh darn it. Okay. Um, like I said, Kane, I, I like your idea. I'm just trying to think practically how it would. How it, or I like the idea that you're bringing up that from the nameless person in squad, but I just I'm trying to think I, like to to get to make it useful. I think you, you need other changes to the academy, but conceptually, you know, I, if they think they can do it, it might be might be good to try. Yeah, I mean, it's better than nothing. I think the issue with tutorials always comes down to um, them being a, a prohibitively or they feel like a prohibitively high resource cost to the dev team. Well, by the way, when you say vehicles, what do you mean? Like all three? I, you know, I really, I'm really not sure. Like, I, I think it would really depend on how they're fit and stuff. But I, I don't know. I, I think it would be not the worst thing in the world for someone to spawn onto a, a academy uh, skirmish match or an academy domination match, and there being like maybe a dropship, a tank, and like a yeah, couple but, LAVs. Yeah, but that, I think that's the, I think that's the thing is you're going to end up like, do you just want them all to like do like a grand pre start and like race each other to see who gets to play in the vehicle that match. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. You're going to still have the same issues that were vehicle a with vehicle access that you had in you know games like Battlefield and stuff like that. But I mean, you have that problem now, anyways, because you have a vehicle limit, and as long as vehicles are unbalanced enough that they need a vehicle limit, you're going to have that problem. Um, right. But I, I think that. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing that they still need to fix is, in terms of starting is the fact that people start as they load in as opposed to everyone loading in and then the game starting. Yeah, they need a they need to um I I've seen, I can't remember what we, game we it was. A, we need a countdown. Well yeah, uh, a thirty second countdown or something. Yeah, so the get, first person you get locked it you get locked in place, but the map loads and everything and there's a clear countdown and the match starts once everyone is there. <laughs> Or yeah, or we could like explore the teleporter option that Rattati had brought up. I mean, fuck that. No, we can do both. Spawn into a room that like the the teleporter doesn't activate for like thirty seconds you or mean, something. Wait, hold on. You mean like the war barge that we don't use anymore? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, forgot that we had that. I mean, that, that's that's. I mean, there's there's tools that we have that we can use to do these kind of things. I, I do. I will have to say, I like the idea of not being driven to have an SSD to be competitive in PC, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, um, like, if you, if you want to be a vehicle user and you want to always get your vehicles in pubs, get an SSD. It, it's fantastic. But, you know. I mean, I've seen this before in other FPS games where there's like a 30 second, like, so the first person loads into the match, but then there's a 30 second timer that counts down before the match actually begins. I mean, I I've seen that before. I'm wondering how much of that in design was an attempt to because cause it's it's actually it's very weird to me. It's very strange that they don't have some sort of countdown for a match start because that's like a normal standard thing in every FPS I've played. Um, I'm wondering how much of it. Like, I mean, I we I think we lost a lot in the shortening of the war barge as well, but it was all an attempt to make it not a five minute process to start playing Dust. Well, I think that some of that boils down to they. I still think that they need to. What they need to do is have it to where you don't go back to Merc quarters after a match every single time. 
You just now, keep see, on. See, I disagree with that. I don't like the lobby system because you don't get you get the same people over and over, and it tends no, to suck. That's a, what I'm saying is, you can even even if you throw them back in the mix to rematch make, don't put them in the freaking merc quarters. Then you're going to wind up with the problem with um, people complaining that they need to restock mid-fight, and you know how that crashes the game often. Well, then you people need to know to leave match, you know? Uh, I, th I think, you know... It th penalizes leaving match. I mean, there's got to be some... I, I mean, there's got to be a drop, a period where you just drop out, can drop out between matches. Well, yeah, at, easily, the, but at the I, end I'm, of the match. At the I end just, of the match, you can decide to not queue and to not go and not go along with the carousel. I don't know. I, I don't like the carousel mechanic. It's, it's... Um, I believe that a better way of looking at it would be to press X to continue the carousel. Yeah. D that sounds reasonable. Um, prevent safe caters from um, hanging out in the carousel too long. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, well, what's, I mean, I, I can just, I also see the problem of uninformed or, you know, kind of the average player suddenly getting stuck in with, you know, two squads of nine sand and, you know, a third squad of Latino killers on the other side with them and the other 14 fucking brand new players that are just absolutely getting farmed for like 30 straight well, minutes. Well, one of the things that these uh, that games implement before, I mean, I would say maybe actually throw them back into the mix. But what you could also do is you scramble teams as well based on the outcome of a match. Uh, I think you can scramble then you're, squads. Then you're not doing not new teams. Yeah, that's the problem is it would be too easy to game them you at that point because if... Like if I got in, and as long as I could make contact with the other the other squad leaders, I could bring in whoever I wanted into my squad. And it's you know at that point you're you're really kind of loading the dice. Unfortunately, this is a matchmaking problem, and that's not going to happen without a patch. I, I would I would just offer that like uh -huh, it would be uh -huh. really matchmaking cool to... can be done server side. Yeah, matchmaking is all server side. I. I, I do think that the idea of having like, I don't know, 30 to 45 seconds in the war barge is probably a good thing. And I think it would actually help people squat up. Um, and I don't think you lose, you know, there's no lost game time because that, again, that was, I think Kane's right. That was the theory that like, Hey, you go into the war barge and then you're like waiting another, you know, four or five minutes. No, do your waiting, you know, before you load into the war barge, but then have a set amount of time. Uh, in the war barge where you can kind of organize yourself a little bit or maybe find a squad to hop into. I don't think that would hurt anybody. And I think it'd probably help the idea of like staying in a, in like a queue cycle. I think there's merit to it, but boy, there's a lot of shit that you'd have to work out before you get got into that. Yeah. I, I think um, I definitely see where you guys are coming from in terms of like, if you kept the same people in the same match, you know what I'm saying? The match, same match instance. I just think that the, the cycle of battle Merc quarters, battle merc quarters isn't necessarily the best so that's all i'm saying it plays merry hell with your uh, cash as well because you're loading reloading loading reloading loading reloading that's what yeah. i'm saying that's what i'm saying just maybe even if you are just putting people back into the full pool of matchmaking don't necessarily put everyone back into the dang merc quarters and i think that may actually co may actually uh, go along well with maybe a slight increase in the war barge time so you have an, in, uh, an increased war barge time, and then you remove going always going back to the merc quarters. Well, I'll tell you, like you know, now this is true, like uh, you know, wishful thinking. But if your corp MCC was the thing you loaded in and you walked around as your little lobby, you know, your quote unquote walking stations, that that would make a lot hell of a lot of sense to me. 
um, you know, like you, you're loaded into like, instead of like, it's like almost like loading into a chat room, you know, it's like a lobby, but it's like when you're there, it's the war barge that you're in is your lobby. Uh, and then you can always leave and go to Merc quarters and do whatever that, that would be a, a really cool thing. I just think that's probably a bridge too far though, for them to get into. The other thing I can see, honestly, is like I said, other than getting trapped into a, you know, kind of a, a washing machine cycle with a really skewed uh, team break breakdown. Like what I would fear most is like, I don't know, Manus peak like five times in a row. Cause I could totally see that happening. Mm-hmm. Like, like some be some bug where it didn't rotate the map or some craziness like that. So would it be, po- here's a question is, would it be possible for them to do matchmaking by mu rating and by a combination of mu rating and, uh, skill points on a character just make it a pro not a hard rule but a priority list i still think one of the issues that we have right now is the fact that we weren't we still haven't been able to implement four-man squads i know that's a controversial change to potentially implement but uh, i think the issue right now is we have a small enough pool of players and uh, you know so many people that are hooked into large you know lego blocks of six of six-man groups that you're actually making it to where you don't have enough pieces for the system to actually work with in terms of matchmaking. Also with the yeah, player, well, also with the, the player cap, um, six players in a group is very powerful in, a, in that social environment. Yeah, absolutely. The um, the my thought though is the matches that new lots of new players are getting stuffed into need to have a lot less people like me who have 40 million SP all into one suit class, you know, and are absolutely capable of destroying whatever with standard issue stuff without having to worry about being a prototype. That's pretty legit. I mean, it's, it's not as bad as... It's not as bad of a problem. Like people like me aren't as bad of a problem as people that do it by squad, you know, that way. But it's still a problem. I mean, it, I can't imagine it's not frustrating for some new player to come up against me and realize, oh, I just butchered you and your buddies with a malicious suit. Well, for me, if, 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 if wishes were horses, then I would, what I would like to do is actually reduce squad size to five and have it to where. Um, an ambush might be a little bit of a, a weird you wouldn't maybe, maybe do that with ambush but actually have a commander role you know not anything fancy or even anything extra programmed you just have someone whose responsibility is to drop um, off map support and like you know overview the map that kind of stuff maybe uh, simply give a simple way to select a squad and then give out an order for that squad leader. Would, would that guy be in the match or not? He, so, so basically what it does is the people on the ground running around would be, would make it 15 V 15. Oh, no, I, like you lost me on that one, dude. Uh, like the like the last thing that we need is to have less people in match right now. Even if you made it a person who's in match, what would wind up happening is that person would hang out in the MCC. It just it's the way they do it in the battlefield. No, and that's what I'm saying. Like you don't actually have them spawn on the battlefield. Have them spawn maybe even in the MCC. No, I, I just I think that's going. I think that's retrograding there. Like the like we need bigger player counts, not not less. P, the PS3 can't handle it though, which is another glaring issue about what the future of Dust needs to be. Yeah, yeah no, I I got all that, but all I'm saying is like I, I don't I, I I think there's 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 better ways that we can work this. Like for example, 
like you've got a good tactical map already in the game that a lot of people frankly don't use. And they also most you'd be surprised how many people don't know you can actually zoom in on the map. Um, but if you if you tweak like how orders are given and things like that, or the type of orders you could give, or the amount of controls that you could put on in that tactical map, you could do all that and still have a guy in game and, and yeah. still be fighting, which I think would be fine. Well, yeah, that's fine. I could see I could actually see that um, as an option as well. I just think if you have somebody corralling the herd in a lot of situations, even on the more organized any team, uh, the more organized a team is, the more likely it is to win. So even if you have a crappy person leading a team, you're yeah. still going to end up with a better result than people just riding around with like chickens. With no, I mean, well, that's, that's what I, a lot of times we would, we'd drop an FC into uh, like a tank turret or something like that and let him have the tack map open. And then, and he could also, cause you know, 16 on 16, like one gun less is, is, kind of important uh that guy could jump out hack or he could slay jump back in the tank if he needed to to, to catch yeah. his breath and look around yeah i could see that i could see that i yeah i could definitely see that okay um so any other any other kind of dark points that we want to throw out guys since we're hitting right about the two hour mark right now yeah um i've been trying to conceptualize it maybe like a a low-hanging fruit option for a 1v1 or 1v4 match type um and i was just kind of like going through different sockets Find like very small sockets that that could possibly work for, and the Galente Communications Building um, seemed like a really interesting socket for that, where it's two equal size rooms, and they could maybe double that structure and then put them together so there's like these four interconnected rooms, and then have people through some kind of spawn system, maybe with the teleports like that would activate after a certain amount of time, and then you could get in like equal time into this space and then you could duke it out with someone maybe you could you could set the terms of like how much do you want to bet against this person that you can take them in a in a fight that's not a bad idea i mean we've been talking about having like an arena mode for a while i mean there you know maybe that would be one of these fancy cool new game modes they keep teasing around well, what I would love to see um, long term, though, is the ability for PC district. Like, so there's so much time that a PC district is not used that the ability. So, you, so the issue with spinning up smaller matches is that you 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 probably want to put a resource cap on it. You would tie that to districts, you know, and then basically make it to where people rent out space to do thunder domes and all that kind of stuff. One v one. Hey, I'll be honest with you, man. If 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 one of the advantages of owning a district was I could deploy like 32 people down to my own district on my own time to like run practice, like I, that would be probably the, like that's almost as important, if not more important than, I don't know, ISK or components that you would get from that district. It would, I, that's I, exactly. I, I think it could, it would dramatically increase the value of district space. Mm-hmm. And give CCP away because the problem with court battles back in the day was that you could have literally like hundreds of people spin up hundreds of matches that only have like one dropship flying around. I think if there's a, a a way to tie it to the districts um, and kind of have free access necessarily, I, I think there may be problematic if you limit people. Like you say, oh, well, I don't want to rent the district out to these people. I think that could be problematic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, it's. Like I like the rent, the rental idea. I'm just I'm thinking in terms of it's my district. I own it. Why can't I go down to that and practice? You know whatever I want to practice. Even if you, even if you had to schedule it like a PC where, like you have like a practice block noted that's like outside of your 
you know, attack zone time or something like that, that, Hey boys, we know like every night from, you know, 19 to 20 hundred is practice, practice time, you know, that, that would be huge. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Love to see something like that. Can be kind of cool. Miss. There was a, there was also something interesting too that uh, someone noticed. Um, there is a panda no, uh, in the uh, Scotsman <laughs> yeah, officer drop suit. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess Frame noticed it, but it, it passed right over Rotati. He didn't know that was a thing. Is that a suit? No, now reference? we got a panda suit. Yep, yep, a pink panda suit. Now you know everybody's going to be like desperately looking over all these officer drop suits to figure out where they put the penis. <laughs> Somebody will confirmed. find one. A- anybody want to take a bet on, on which CCP character the penis is on? I don't know. Depends on which one I decide to Photoshop. <laughs> oh goodness okay all right well um let's go ahead and like roll into shout outs uh so if if you got like a, a parting shot lay it into as part of your shout out and we'll kind of we'll kind of work our way through so um again just like we did with the intros we'll pick up at the bottom and work our way up so Soraya, no! what do you got man? no don't do that you've He's had two hours it. to think about it <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it though. He was thinking about he, he was thinking about his ferrets. So no, don't actually, go there again. Bowling with them. I'm, it's actually it's so quiet in here because um since I'm going to you know Iceland I I spent um, a good part of today um actually migrating uh, both my ferret and my chinchilla cage uh, to my parents' house. So um that was quite the ordeal and now it's very quiet in here. I miss what my kind of noisy are these things, man? What do you mean? It's quiet. <laughs> you, you well, know, they, was, they obviously, they're knocking, over, uh, they're knocking over bottles and stuff because they've been trained to with the ferret bowling. That's probably where a lot of the noise is coming from. Oh, oh my God. Okay. All right. So, but I miss we're them. We're gonna... I miss them. That's, there's my shout out. I miss my, my pets and I, I wish they were here. Okay. Uh, and we're going to be uh, opening up a Patreon so that we can get Zell some testosterone shots soon. But we'll talk about that in the next show. Um, okay, Pokey? Uh, yeah, so shout out to everyone going to FanFest. Um, get those devs as drunk as you possibly can. If that doesn't work, then turn for the CPM and get them as drunk as you possibly can and get as much information as you sorry. can. They'll just keep telling you, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's Icelandic soda. It's, it's totally alcohol-free. Uh, he'll probably buy it. So yeah, no, there's there's no official announcement at FanFest, but take the opportunity if you're going to uh, get as much as you can. <laughs> okay. All right, Kane. Just a shout out to the desk community at large uh, and uh, just a shout out to NF Alliance. Okay. All right. I got you, brother. And Jiddick? Uh, shout out to people going to FanFest. I hope you guys have a fun and safe time. Awesome. Okay. Iron Wolf. A shout out to Aeon and Thundergrew for um, providing me some useful information to um, feed Rotati back on um, things fixed. Good deal. Okay, breaking. Shout out to the VAV community. Remember, it killed me. Nerf it. I can't kill it. Nerf it. Okay, and Bam Havoc. Uh, shout out to Terrible Internet Connection. <laughs> and uh, Bacon and Beer. Yeah. Okay, all right, solid. Um, let's see. Shout out to the Cobra. Uh, he is the CEO of a, uh, of a dust corp here and, uh, he's re- recently had a death in the family. So shout out to the Cobra. If, if you ever need anything, brother, give us a holler and, uh, we're more than happy to help you out. 
Um, let's see. Other than that, shout out to my boys on uh, the east side, Agony Unleashed. Uh, we're getting starting to get prepped up for the Alliance tournament season, so that should be pretty fun and expensive as always. Uh, shout out to all those going to FanFest. Again, safe travels and have a good time. Uh, in all honesty, enjoy yourself. Uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll hear some good news coming out of it, or, or at least we'll hear news. So whether it's good or not is relative. Uh, so that's all good. Um, the kind of the parting shot that I'll throw out to the, uh, to the room and really to the, um, to the folks out there is one of the things that I, I really stayed away from the forums for this week, uh, particularly, I don't post a lot on the forums anymore, uh, unless it's something very relevant to, to me personally. Um, but one of the things I noticed, there's a, a, a very, so you kind of go through these like little spikes of toxicity, if you will. And we're kind of in one of those right now. It's kind of my general feeling. There's a lot of, um, you know, kind of not really formed truly, but sort of, you know, really at the point of, um, uh, you know, kind of personal, personal attacks or animus against people. And a lot of them, you know, kind of centered around the myofibril thing, or you know, I think that was really just the uh, raison d'etre, if you will, for, for the discussion. But I, the, the thing that I, I, I was looking through uh, was periodically take stock of where you're at in a game or dust or a community or whatever. And it just, uh, the cumulative effect of changes over time in dust, particularly, it just, um, it is interesting as I look at what, what I enjoy out of a game. Okay. And I speak, I speak purely from a subjective reason here. Uh, it's not, it's not about, I think something's better or worse or whatever. It's just the simple fact that the realization that dust is evolving in directions that I don't personally like, um, or I find enjoyable based on what originally brought me to the game. That does not mean that the game is bad or things have gotten worse, or I don't necessarily, uh, or, or that I'm hating on it. It's just things are evolving in, in different directions than what originally brought me to the game. Again, not a bad thing, but it's a, it's just reality. If you've been playing a game as long as many of us here on this channel have, you're going to see that. And if you're honest with yourself, you'll you'll realize all the way back when you first started playing versus what you have now is you know, the game is very different and our expectations are very different. So I'm, I'm not leaving dust, nor am I taking some extended hiatus. Uh, it's not one of those kind of discussions. It's just that realization that things things are not going to be what I what I originally desired them to be in terms of what the game was sold to me as when I first came to the game. That is something that you, that you will experience at some point, the long, you know, when you play this game or Eve or whatever game, you know, some, if you play a game at some point, what for long enough, you're going to realize that. So that was the kind of where I got came to this week is um, watching kind of the discussion on the forums and how people were dissatisfied, how they were voicing that dissatisfied, dissatisfaction and, and just the personal tone of the exchanges were, were really tough to watch uh, in some cases. So what I would offer to everybody in the community is like, Hey, like you may not think the guy on the other side of the text wall is correct. You may think he's full of shit. You may think he's whiny, whiny baby. It doesn't matter. That's his personal perspective. And, and I think if there's anything I can say about dust, 32 people can be in a match and we'll have 32 different perspectives on how fun it was, how enjoyable, how competitive, um, any number of subjective variable that you want to name, there'll be 32 different versions of that. And I think 
you probably need to, you at least need to respect that. You may not understand it. You may not, you may totally disagree with what that other person thinks, or, you know, they could literally be in your squad in the same fight and on comms with you the whole time, but have a very different take on the match. Uh, and, and that's okay. So I'm going to wrap all that kind of meandering up to say that dust is definitely evolving. It is changing. Um, I don't, I don't think that the direction dust is going now is the direction I would have personally have wanted uh, for the last two years. But the reality is that is the direction. It seems like these are the directions it's taken. So I will stay with it at least out of the, out of the bonds that I've made inside the community. But that doesn't, uh, I, I'm just, I'm just struggling with how much, um, how much energy you put into the game at this point. And again, as Iron Wolf, uh, I think, really eloquently put it very early in the show, the lack of communication coming out about the future of the game really makes it difficult when you come to these kind of points. Do you want to stay with the game at all, or do you really, you really do want to walk away from it? Like I said, I'm not going anywhere right now, but it's one of those things that you really have to think through. So on that note, I do give my final shout-out to CCP Rattati. You have kept the game afloat. It's transitioned from a dog paddle to a strong swim. I don't exactly know where you're swimming to, but I know that you're still swimming, even though your signature says you suck at swimming, for the record. All right, so guys, good night and good luck, and we will see you next week.